are backstage with the Soundcheck, and I'm your host, Haley Pearl, the world's rock and roll girl. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Backstage with the Soundcheck. As always, I'm your host, Haley Pearl, and I'm here to bring you some new bands with some new music updates. Speaking with me today is an Indiana-based metal band who is here to talk to me about the new music they've been working on and what else they've been up to over the past couple of years. Hi, I'm Jaden Smith, guitarist. This is Montreal, the bassist. Hi, I'm Dardar, the drummer. Hi, I'm Jason Perdue, guitarist from I Am Alice, and I'm backstage with the sound chick. You know, the world's been pretty crazy for a year and a half. Things are finally opening back up again. How are you guys doing besides making music? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. I, I don't even know what to say. Well, um, broke, yes. I think, is, 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 is a good summarization. Pretty broke. Um, gosh, I mean, overall, really, we've all been working, working, working. I mean, um, stuff's been difficult just for some of us finding work. Um, I think, Jaden, you've been to two places. Yeah, um, I got laid. Uh, I got laid off like a month after COVID started from a band or from a job I was at for three years, and doing exceptionally well. Uh, as soon as COVID hit, I mean, I had to get laid off. There was almost no work for me. Right. I was I was in a similar situation with some contractual work at a body shop, and they ended up letting me go um, just because they're. They were filled up, and as soon as they got not backed up, they were kind of like, eh, well, no more contracts for trucks, man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually a stay-at-home mom most of the time now. <laughs> so when COVID hit, my daycare shut down, so I had to quit my job uh, to stay home with my kid because I had nowhere for him to go. My husband still works full-time, but um, during COVID, I actually found a really lovely job that I like it doesn't I mean it pays pretty well but it's only one day a week it's indoor horticulture but it gives me some free time to play music which is what I really want to do as a career but easier said than done yeah right Monty the nomad what's up with you man uh originally and still kind of work with disabled uh uh those who are in the elderly area, it's through a thing called the ARC and stuff, but now I'm like down to five hours per week. But I mainly, when COVID struck, my business has kind of flourished because I did the delivery app thing, like DoorDash, Uber Eats. So now I got like $25 to $40 per hour on everything. So right. now nice. it's just a lot of money. I'm sitting there like, wow, it's kind of a good thing for me, I guess. <laughs> but that's about it for me. Right. It seems like you guys have been busy, though, because, you know, the band is working on some new music right now, which is super exciting. What are you guys, you know, um, looking forward to bring with this new music and what can listeners expect? Man, um, really just just a polished, um, just a, a polished, finished product 
um, something that hopefully most people haven't heard before. Um, just our own taste of metal, um, what we like to play and what we've come up with as band. Um, I mean, definitely, definitely some heavy music. It's, uh, you know, drop G, eight string guitars. It's to be expected, it's going to be pretty heavy. Um, windmill headbanging. Yeah, lots of, lots of windmill headbanging is probably going to be induced. Um, <laughs> man, just, just, a, just a clean, polished product, a, a high-end finish. And, uh, yeah, just something, hopefully, that people haven't heard before. Nice. I'm looking forward to hear it. Um, I've heard a few uh, of your clips on YouTube, and I think your music sounds pretty sick, not going to lie. So I'm really excited to hear this new project that you guys are working on. When can listeners expect the release? Man, uh, I would say, <laughs> I would have to say some sometime before the end of this year. Yeah, definitely. It would have to be. We're definitely taking our time with it. Um, definitely want everything to be right. It's, it's, um, I don't want to quite call it an EP. I don't want to quite call it a full album. We're right in between. I think it's, it's what, seven, seven mm -hmm. tracks? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we're really trying to take the time working with some really great people up at Sweetwater to get it done. Um, we spent a, about a, what was it, two, two day, three day stint? Two and a half? Two and a half days yeah. in the studio. Yeah, we spent about Not two and a half days in the studio getting both guitar parts done and drums and we're actually just as of today we were getting back in touch with the studio there and we might go back up and finish out our bass recording with them um, maybe do our vocals up there our vocalist kind of wants to go do his own thing with a guy that he knows and trusts um, but you know really we'll see from there uh, but we're definitely going to take our time on it and make it right. You know, as, as a first project, you know, me personally, this will be my first musical project ever released that I've been a part of um, on streaming platforms and such and right. done well. We want, to, we want to see it done right and well because it's just been a little bit of a hard process for us trying to get the recordings actually done because, I mean, we all got jobs and it's just, it's yeah. just so hard to do. So it's, it's so hard to plan everything exactly right. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. And I think that's also very expensive. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Man. It actually is very expensive. <laughs> I did not realize how much money I would actually be putting into, but I think now, I think now it's really going to be worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I think that's why we went the way we went. 100%. Yeah. Because the, just even the rough cuts of the stuff we recorded was like oh my so God. wonderful just to hear it, you know, <laughs> clean yeah. and nice. And it wasn't yeah. even, not even mixed and mastered. We were just, oh my goodness, this is wonderful. You know? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I would say, I mean, probably sooner than end of the year, but I mean, nothing's going to go into 2022. This will be dropped before 2022 for sure. Definitely. Yeah, excellent. And I, I definitely think that it's perfectly okay that you guys are taking your time with it. You know, um, music is a very delicate thing and it takes a lot of time, care, patience, and a lot of money. So, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, I think that taking your time and, and perfecting it um, to the way that you guys want it speaks a lot about your band too. You don't want to rush anything, you know, and I think that that's good. The triangle parts. Yes, especially yeah, the, the triangle parts. parts. 
<laughs> yeah. So what is your creation process like? What allows for one of your songs to fully come alive? There's, there's three ways, really. Um, so when the band had first started, um, Jaden or Daria nor Monty were members yet. It was really just me, the vocalist, um, another guitarist we knew at that point, and our ex-drummer. And for a while there, and even some of the riffs now, or some of the songs now, we made back then, um, it all started with, you know, a guitar riff. Someone would bring it to practice, be like, hey, you know, let's see where we can take this. I've got other stuff in mind. And usually, Jaden's got something, I've got something, you know, it'll, it'll happen like that. We'll bring it to practice, we'll say, hey, you know, we just did the set, we've got songs that we practiced, let's, let's bang out a new one, I've got this right here. And we'll work on that, see what we like, see what we can change, see what everyone's got. And sometimes, I mean, what was with false prophets, I mean, we just kind of played it. Yeah, yeah. It just, it, sometimes, you know, we just, as a band, you know, like false prophets, we really just kind of came together on that one. And it, it's one of my favorite tracks. <laughs> it's so chunky, man. I, I know, love man. It. Uh, isn't it awesome? And then, uh, I'd say really the third and final way it happens is we'll honestly just kind of be messing around and then it will be like, ooh, that's kind of that's kind of mean. It's like when you find like that perfect salted caramel chocolate. <laughs> you, just, you just find the perfect taste where you're just like, okay. You better talk about chocolate I haven't eaten today. <laughs> right. You want something? I guess you something to eat. Deal. It's it's but you know it. It'll be one of those things. I'd say a lot of the times it's been a riff, you know, kind of brought to practice, but you know, like, like false prophets, man, that was something we really came together on as well as uh, our newest single screaming in silence. That was, we had an ex guitarist from the band back when we were actually curse the King, which was about four years ago, five years ago. And he passed away and um, a motorcycle accident and he had a song that we never really got to play and we really didn't want to be those guys that copied you know a, a, a past man's song so we took you know the intro that was classic because we used to make a ton of jokes about it that that mike was which was the guitarist mike that mike would play it at like lightning speed and it was impossible and it was ridiculous and it was just way too fast and we took the part that being being that and work that in and made the rest of the song you know the bridges the chorus the verses all of it you know in our own fashion just kind of in memory of him and that was something that we worked together on big time as well recently it's been just the band coming together on stuff and it's it's i like it a lot more than when we just bring a riff it feels it feels more whole more together and i feel like those songs typically will end up just more it's man just all our flavors when we work together it creates an amazing product especially in Dar especially daria yeah daria's a savage she's like the best Aww. musician in the band literally <laughs> so she's how long have you been playing drums uh 27 ish years oh wow I started actually playing when I was three and I took lessons at like six and like my, so my whole family is musicians. It's not like, oh, I'm just like some right. you know, 
some immaculate child that knew what to do. <laughs> child prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> now, I grew up in a mus- musical household. And uh, yeah, my mom played drums before I was born. And she played for a little bit afterwards. Um, so I always say I started before I was born because I was in her stomach when she was gigging. Very nice. Very awesome. nice. But yeah, there was always just drums around. So that's what I chose. <laughs> So how, how did the rest of you um, become musicians then? How did you guys discover it? Um, I guess I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I discovered, uh, well, when I, was, when I was younger, my father bought me a guitar, but I, I just kind of plucked around and didn't really do anything with it. But um, until I was about, I don't know, 14 or 15, uh, my cousin down from Louisiana, uh, he had a band down there as well. He got mixed up with some bad people. Um, he married her. He tried to ask a girl to marry him, and he she blew him off. A- anyway, he got into really bad stuff down there. Eventually, he was living out of uh, his best friend's shack in the backyard. So we moved him up here to get him better. And he taught me guitar, and that's how I learned. And now he's back down in Louisiana. I'm not even sure where he is now, but that's how I learned guitar. He just taught me a little riffs and stuff like that and whenever he left I kind of just had to teach myself after that right that yeah that's that's my story <laughs> um I, I'd say for me very very similar beginnings to Jaden you know I had and I, I still have it somewhere um my parents bought me a guitar um just a small like first act really meant for a child's hands and I didn't even know you're supposed to put your fingers on the frets to make different notes or chord shapes. I just would hit the open string, open strings. And I was like, wow, how, how do people like, I just, it was so, I just didn't know how to do it. So I just hit the open strings and I kind of put it down for a while. And I started playing piano and stuff. I did a little bit of choir and it wasn't really till freshman year. We had a, a pretty cool guitar class at our high school. And I started taking that and I, my mom bought me a Mitchell guitar just for it. It was Mitchell acoustic. And yeah, just really started playing around on, on that, learning basic chords and shapes and stuff. And then and, and, uh, notes, kind of learning to read tabs and things and read sheet music, which I'm still terrible at reading sheet music. <laughs> but um, I'll help you do, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of continued with it. I was, I was a big time emo kid then. And I remember seeing like some of my favorite bands live videos, like at the time would have been Bring Me the Horizon, Infinite Annihilator, uh, Motionless and White. The good stuff. stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. All exactly. Good stuff. And, you know, I remember seeing that and being like, I, I have to do it. You know, that's what I want to do. And ever since then, you know, I, I got an electric. Um, I, I had acquired some other acoustics since then and just really taught myself after the guitar class you know I, I knew what g c d7 and like e minor and a minor were and stuff but like you know i mean to this to this day you know i'm completely self-taught don't know much about theory and just i've been working on it ever since for the last about six years now right nice very cool all right so am i supposed to go now <laughs> <laughs> oh actually similar to daria and stuff uh I was three years old and my mother was playing Mary Had a Little Lamb on the piano. And well, of course, my little tiny ass jumped up on the piano bench and started playing the exact same note 
like notation and everything. And all of a sudden, she kind of looked at me. She's like, "Crap, we got a musician in the family." So, ever since from then, I started from piano. I went to acoustic guitar because my father played acoustic. Then I went to bass, electric guitar. Somehow the triangle got involved in there. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I think I have a few ideas for triangle in our songs. <laughs> Go down. But mainly I stuck with bass. The fact is that, well, one of my idols was Nikki Six from Motley Crue at 6 a.m. And I even got Thunderbird. But Brandon, our vocalist, kind of said, hey, use this five-string Schecter. I'm like, oh, beautiful. So I've been sticking with the five-string. But bass was kind of my predominant primary weapon of music, so to speak. So it just started from three years old on piano, and that just went from there. That's pretty much my story, I guess. I love it. A mixture of influences into the into the scene here. It's awesome. You know, looking at your music today and the music you guys are going to put out in the future, what do you want your tracks to be known most for? To forgetting people to move. Yeah, absolutely. I see so absolutely. much. Yeah, we see so much standing around uh, at concerts, but you know that we see other bands in. Like, yeah, that's okay. I just we really we really want our music to make people to move. We want everyone to be jumping. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's got groove to it because you can. Oh my god, I mean, you don't, you don't even have to jump or, or march to it, man. I mean, it's it's just stuff that is so just toe tapping sometimes, you know. I mean, it, it's, as long as it's bringing about that that energy inside people to want to wanna move, to want to groove to it, and to get down with it, and just bring about a, a positive feeling in people, you know, it's that that's really what what I want to be known for. You know, I want to be known that if you go to an I Am Alice show, you know, you're gonna be the weird guy if you're not moving. <laughs> I love it though. I love it. You know, I know you guys are getting back out there and playing shows right now. Have you noticed any differences that the pandemic has brought out in like crowd appearances or how the venue handles things? Well, I mean, just about everywhere is just cleaned out, you know, it, it, yeah. you know, we've opened up for some big acts here right as soon as some of the venues were opening up and you know, Dave Mustaine was in the building and the place was maybe at 30%, 40% capacity. You know, it, it was it was sad to see. You know? Even then, I think there was less than, less than 30 people there. Yeah, I mean... It's the Dave Ellison show? Yeah, that yeah. was the Dave Ellison yeah. show. Yeah, and you know, like, it, 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 Framing Hanley that we just opened up for, if you remember them. Yeah. Played, but... Um, I mean, that, that show is decent. There is a good amount of people there. But still, you know, it was nothing like, yeah, I, I remember going to the Emerson and seeing Suicide Boys there when I was, like, 16. And, I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder, dick to butt. There's no, you, right. couldn't, you couldn't breathe. Like, it was it was just the way it was. And that was the way all all shows were, really, you know. It, 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 a show at the Emerson was was popping, you know. And shows everywhere were really popping. You know, there's a crazy, there was a good music scene here for a while. And, you know, COVID just kind of, man, no one wants to come out. And it's, it's hard for some of these, these scenes that don't, already didn't have good support from a city or from a community to really, I feel, rebound and, and get, you know, some of their core people back 
they bring their friends, bring their family, their mom, their dad, whoever, you know, and then those people tell people like, hey, I'm going to this. And it's, it's just so hard. Like some people have forgotten about their music scene because no right. to go out and do anything. It's really sad to see. I know that there's a few venues here that have started opening up and allowing shows and they're only allowing like 20% capacity and it's there's such big venues and it's just really really sad um but uh, you got to be safe in these weird these weird ass times that we're living in but I mean it's still sad to see it it doesn't feel the same you know I'm I'm used to being packed in like a sardine literally (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's really sad when you spend like your time and your money to get to a show to put on for people Mm -hmm. and then you just don't have a turnout and it makes you like kind of question like is this ever gonna be a thing again you know? Right, right. No I absolutely understand you there. What is your favorite song to play live? Well now I think it's gotta be outro. I'm very sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for me personally, I get to leave right after that. So it's like. <laughs> so on the outro, we actually don't have set lyrics to it, but when we're playing with another band, we'll invite uh, vocalists from the other band just to get up and do like their craziest, sickest vocals they can. Cause it's, I mean, like we, it's a song we've written, but it was just kind of, we want to, whoever we're headlining with, if they're willing to come up and just jam out with us for a minute, it's just kind of to get everybody together. And it, I don't know, it's just nice. I love that. That's awesome. It definitely bros up the show, I feel. Every, yeah. every time you got bands being bros, it really bros up that show. And it's, 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 it's also a form of networking. You know, that breeds conversation. That breeds, you know, all kinds of things for bands. And it's, it's, it's fun, you know, to be able after, after our, once our set was done, 30, 35 minutes minus the outro. Yeah. And then, you know, after, after a long set list, and then no one's expecting it. You know, it's been very hush-hush. Our vocalist has gone and talked to their vocalist, sometimes unbeknownst to their band, you know, when it's very unexpected. You know, it's, it always gets a great, great reaction from people. They love it. And it's, it's, it's not even anything crazy technical. It's really not even super heavy. It's just the, almost the novelty of it is very endearing to people. I, I love it. Outro is very fun to play. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. And, you know, I don't think people realize how important networking is in this industry. It's a very doggy dog world in the music industry. Yeah, it really is. That's what I'm going up and doing tomorrow in India is networking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very important to uh, be supportive and helpful of each other, especially right now. Yeah, because we're in this together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So who is a band that you would love to go on tour with? <laughs> You're ready for that. Oh my god. I kind of want to go on tour with Bing Bloom. Yes. Oh please. Slaughter's prevail just because of how I met them. Nice. I oh I'd have to, I'd have to say Slaughter to Prevail. Okay. Not too fun. Okay, you know, I got I gotta talk about this. I gotta talk about it so that so Alex will know. Yeah. All right. So we played with Splatter to Prevail at um, that was the Citadel at the Citadel in Indianapolis. Pretty good show. They that that was oh god. That was when we had our uh, ex uh, drummer Bo. Yeah. I, w- I wish we had Daria Daria back then when we when we played <laughs> Splatter. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Bo. Uh, 
after the show, uh, this uh, green-haired girl comes up to me, and she asks, she asks me, hey, can I come backstage? I was like, I'm not sure, so sure you're allowed to. She's like, come on, I, I just want to get a picture with Alex. I'm like, okay, fine, come on, let's go. And then she went there to go back. She took a picture with him, but then she also asked if he could, if she could touch his butt. And she's like, he's like, no, no, I have a girlfriend. Get, get the way. I have, I have a girlfriend. Like, oh, oh, my God. God. Oh, it's classic. They, so, so you're aware that they're Russian, right? Yeah. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> so they, me and the vocalist were like terrified, but we had to go see him in, in their green room. We were like, dude, let's just do it. Like, I'm so scared, but let's just do it. Because they're way bigger in person than you ever could think. They are actually massive human beings. It's insane. Like, the, if they're if they're if they're not tall, they are white as all hell. It's beautiful. Well, yeah. And the bassist especially is massive, massive <laughs> man. I'm like, I'm six four, but I was like, I don't think I could take this dude. <laughs> dude, he would mop the floor with all of us with a hand tie behind his back. He's huge. And so we go, we open, we crack open the door and peek in our heads like hello and we look in there and i swear to god on everything that's holy they have a fucking weight bench in there and they're lifting weights in adidas track suits and i'm like oh my god and they all just kind of like snap their heads ass like you could almost hear their necks pop and they're like and we're like oh could we get a picture of really cool with you guys and we're, <laughs> And they're like, yes, of course, of course, you gotta take pictures, yes. They were so friendly. They were the nicest. They were so nice. God damn, they were intimidating. Oh my God. Half of them didn't have shirts on. They're just massive. He was welcome to the statue of half. Dude, literally. (laughs) I shook Alex's hand. I thought he was going to rip my shoulder off. And (laughs) I still have pictures with him. None of them are clear because I was shaking. But all just... By far, gotta be the nicest guys. I think any of the nicest acts, touring acts that we've played with. You know, Body Snatchers was all right. They were they were kind of they were kind of meanies, but Slaughter to Prevail was man really really nice wholesome guys. So got definitely got a tour with them because they seemed like a ton of fun. Absolutely, that's awesome. I love it. Do you guys have any pre or post show traditions? Stretching before show. Definitely stretching. Yeah. Yeah. Figuring out where I'm at. <laughs> that's the set. That's number two. First is stretching. Second, you don't know where you're going to be at. You might need to run. <laughs> I'd say mine is probably uh, having a beer and disappearing. That's usually I myself and not be, uh, have a rush of endorphins and like get my shaky stage legs out of the way and, and just really chill out for a minute. And Brandon likes to make fun of me because he's like, oh, I'd love for you to meet the guitarist, but you can never find him after a show. Like, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm always in the car. I'm very, very, like 99% of the time, I'm definitely in the car, probably changing clothes or something. But man, I just, I, I really don't want to talk to anyone right after. I clean up my stuff. I freak out for a minute and I just go like decompress. <laughs> Makes sense. I just have anxiety and I panic. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. You agree? Yeah. I'm right there. I'm right there. <laughs> deep breaths. Yeah. Yes. Lots of deep breaths. 
water. Oh, water. Yeah, water's definitely definitely got to be a post-show. Yeah. Lots For of those water. that haven't been up on stage, if you're going to hydrate, it gets so hot up there. Oh, I don't care how hot. cold the venue is. Once you're up there, oh, yeah. it's hot. Okay. <laughs> I lose 20 pounds per show. It's just like, wow. Right? Yeah. I definitely feel like I lose weight in water weight after a set. Right? So, you know, all the nerves and stress before a show, you know, you're walking on stage and you get there. Is it like a flip of the switch kind of a thing or are there still uh, some nerves? As soon as Daria hits that snare, it's, it's, it's game time. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I'll, I can't, sometimes I can't even look at a crowd when I walk on stage and, you know, I've, I've gotten better about it and I just kind of look over them act like I'm looking at them. You know, there might be some people I look at, you know, switch my eyes to and from, but, you know, as, as soon as we jump into that intro and Daria hits it, you know, it's, it's quite literally the flip of a switch. I mean, I'm a performer after that. I've got a job to do. And it's right. just, it is. Me personally, I feel way more comfortable and calm on stage than I do off. Like, because <laughs> I don't have to talk to anybody and I'm in the back, so people don't really see me as much. Right like hiding and then I could just do my thing and yeah yeah my nerves start about halfway to the venue yeah yeah I have to pee like four times before I get on stage (laughs) it's I've literally got that's where you're going every time yeah no literally that's where that's why you guys are always on stage because I'll go pee like 10 minutes before we're on, we're setting up our stuff. I'll get my stuff all set up. Be like, God damn it. I have to pee again. <laughs> so I'll go pee again. Then hustle back up there. I'm like, get ready. We're in one different time. Where the hell did you just go? Same thing, same thing as when the show's over. It's a bit of a, I guess you could call it a mid-show tradition. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. What was that one song? that changed your life you guys you ian and Bo played intro in uh the basement at um ties that ties whenever i first came over that's why i was just like ooh, right. i've changed right i like this right wait are you asking about our music yeah. or just in yeah. general a song oh just in general a song okay I was curious. Do you want to redo your answer? <laughs> oh, just the song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Showed me, you showed me in uh, in high school, uh, Rings of Saturn. I can't remember what song, but that was just way too fast for me. Mm-hmm. And then I found Infant Annihilator. Oh, yeah. Which is still fast, but it's chunkier. Right. right. And I love that. And that's what got me into the heavier, lower stuff rather than just slipknot every day. I'm still absolutely yeah. it's That's crazy. He taught me, he, he used to tie my shoelaces into pentagrams in high yeah. school. I barely knew that guy. I saw his shoes with pentagrams on him. I was like, dude, that's sick. You gotta show me how to do that. Metal. That's awesome. Pink too on black vans. Nice. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Uh, my song was uh, Life is Beautiful by 6 a.m. and then it went to Devastator by 4 today and that's what kind of got me in the heavier scene. Okay. Nice. That's just how the progression of my evolution began, I guess. 
That's a really hard one, right? But uh, so I grew up in a country household. Well, not a country household. I'm lying. That's a false. But <laughs> I played country for a really long time. And I listened to like pop and stuff. I think when I first, I got my first original band though, they introduced me to AFI. So it was probably something. <laughs> that was nothing. Probably something from Sing of the Sorrow. Mm. Yeah. Or Black Flags. I don't know. Like AFI in general was like the first, I know they're not really heavy, but it was like the first heavy band that I experienced on my own and got to listen to like the full album and actually got into it. And from there, I just listened to lots of stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise because right. that wasn't in my household. <laughs> right. No, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I really, it's, 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 it's a very hard question. Just like Daria yeah. said, you know, it, 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 um, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, is, is change in, in what manner, you know, and I, I'll have to go with, I'm going to be a bit of a dick here and mansplain, but I, you know, really, I just only been into kind of emo music, um, and stuff like Hawthorne Heights, early emotionless and white, present day emotionless and white back in the day. And it was like era 2015, 2016, and um, like Sleeping with Sirens, Break the Horizon, things like that. And just kind of harder rock and emo. And well, you know, I, I got introduced to some like deathcore bands uh, really early on. And, you know, one of them being Infinite Annihilator, um, even, at, even though they're partway a joke band, you know, still in my mind, the best deathcore musicians you can find around, Rings of Saturn. Um, still, you know, best music, one of the best, some of the best musicians around. Um, and you know, nothing really struck me um, until about it. It sounds ridiculous, but re what really opened my mind to writing music and what I feel really jump started my guitar playing, which, um, you know, I, I didn't even know how to palm mute when I first joined the band. And the first song I ever wrote um, was actually inspired by a Grateful Dead song. Um, I had a neighbor who I did not know was my neighbor. I met him in my social studies class. We were both outside taking a test, both cheated with each other in the hallway to get to compare answers and stuff and um, found out he's my neighbor, started hanging out with him quite a bit. It, it was the first time I'd ever been introduced to uh, like psychedelic era music and I wasn't really I wasn't writing stuff I was going off of our other guitarist and just kind of supporting him as a rhythm and like really just learning and and I'd be very appreciative I was given the opportunity to be in a band with these older guys and you know at, it's, it's you'll see with a lot of younger people you know older people in bands they don't have the time to play around you know and it really jump-started everything and right around the time I heard Dead and Company started exploring that side of music and for some reason that jump started my creative motor and just changed everything for me about music you know I've, I've been a I've been a strong deadhead ever since and my first song yeah. I ever wrote was legitimately inspired by a grateful dead song and it is the first song we play after the outro or after the intro and the original name was Stu Pickles from the Rugrats <laughs> <laughs> but I would say of any song from that would be the one that it inspired me and that would be Jack Straw definitely nice I love it what is some advice that you guys would pass down 
to other upcoming artists. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> um, on a serious note, you know, it's 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 gonna be one of the longest roads you'll face and every day you want to quit and you're going to ask yourself every day why do I still do it and you know it, it it is worth it you know when you when you get to see when you get to meet the people that have driven from states away just to come see your small show somewhere um you know with no really big touring acts you know they have a headliner but usually it's the us or someone else you know they come just to see this relatively small time act, you know, and having, it's, it's, it's all worth it to see people happy and to see people move and enjoy their time. You know, nothing makes me happier than seeing a room full of people lose their shit during a song and bounce and, and, and mosh. And it makes it all worth it every single day for the hours of practice, the hours of frustration. You know, there's been times I've dead ass walked out and just can't do it. It, it just pissed me off that bad, you know, whatever the case may be. And it, it sucks and you feel like it's not getting better. And, and the classic musician curse is no matter how good you are, you suck. Yeah. You know, that's, that's every musician ever. And the best ones are the most critical. And, you know, it, the, the, being critical of yourself comes with being a musician. It, it shows you give a shit about your work and you give a shit about what you're putting out. You know, you want to be the best. And that's, it really is as unhealthy as it is, it is in a way a healthy thing, you know, it shows you care and it's, it's, it means you're a good musician, it really does. And just, just, just never give up, you know, it's very important, you just strive and play every day. Practice, practice, practice. Absolutely, practice, practice, practice. That's huge. You never get better if you don't practice. My grandfather told me when I was just starting in original music to always play with musicians that are better than you. Mm -hmm. just because you are always going to improve to meet the needs of your group. That's, That's something I've tried yeah. to kind of keep up with. I mean, not saying that I won't play with you. She's better than all of us. No. So. <laughs> she really is. I play the final, so what you talking about? <laughs> I mean, really, if you're not pushing yourself to do better, then what's, I, I feel like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. For like cover bands and stuff but that's a thing that I could do in my sleep I'm not doing that to better myself I'm not like that's more of like oh I'm having a little bit of fun maybe you know <laughs> and I'm getting paid a little so that's fun that's fun yeah <laughs> no yeah I get it and not worry you know yeah yeah good good advice all around guys um as we're coming to a close to our time here do you guys want to take the second and plug your social medias and where our listeners can find your band and your music you can find us on facebook at eye of malice uh you can find us at youtube at eye of malice and you can find us on instagram at eye of malice <laughs> i've also made us a tiktok yes eye of malice <laughs> you can find me on snapchat Stop. at hot dog sauce 11 for any business inquiry inquiries or uh, job offers, that is hot dog sauce eleven. You're the one that messed me. <laughs> Jason Purdue at hot dog sauce Stop. eleven. No caps, no spaces. Okay, I've got a photography business called Sinistry, but I ain't really gonna try to advertise it because it's by eye. So, okay. it's called Sinistry. Sinistry. 
Nice, nice. I love it. Well, guys, I enjoyed um, learning more about your band and the music you make. And I hope you guys, you know, all the best successful wishes on all your future endeavors. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for coming out and, uh, you know, talking to me tonight. It's awesome. Seriously, thank you so much. This yeah. Awesome. yeah, of course. Once again, major shout out to bands like Eye of Malice for joining me in my show and you lovely listeners for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and highly recommend you check out the band's social media pages and be on the lookout for their next project to be released here very soon. To stay up to date on more artist interviews or music reviews that I do, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter or Instagram, at Real Sound Chick, or go to my website at www.thesound-chick.com. Again, that's follow me on social media, on Twitter or Instagram, at Real Sound Chick, or go to my website at www.thesound-chick.com. I appreciate y'all's continual support and look forward to having you on the next broadcast. As always, rock on, my dudes! The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the interview subject belong solely to themselves and not necessarily the sound chick or its sponsors. We thank you for tuning in and look forward to seeing you on the next broadcast.